Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. Damn it, Nicholas, I did it again. What? I, I thought of something this morning I was going to say during this, this cold open, and it was witty, and it was funny, and it was apropos. And I can't remember what the hell it was. <clears throat> so with that said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, I didn't swear in the intro so far yet, Geeks Worldwide Radio and the Dork Shared Universe proudly presents you the greatest, I mean, without a doubt, unequivocally, the greatest podcasting team in the world. And that's not just subjective. That is objective. That is fucking world known. And there it was. <laughs> I present to you the he's the fry guy, Nick Fryer. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker talking show. And together we are the TLDR comic book club. Baby, Nicholas, I just got so excited. Right. This is our first issue of the new year. And I just want the people to know, absolutely know who is number one. Who's the best? Well, yes, you're the whiz, and nobody beats you. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody beats the whiz. Nobody. Um, but yes, Joe is absolutely right. This is our first mainline episode of the year, and if you're just if you're wondering why, because hey, I've seen you guys do your what's new, you know, new, new comics coming out during the week. If you're only catching us on our streams, well, that's because we had the Infernals team from Image Comics on recently, and then we also had the Kill Your Darlings team on right before that. So we've been busy bees um, talking with some creators over at Image Comics, and obviously those are not the only creators that we talk to across the industry. So if you're new to the show, make sure you subscribe to one of our audio channels because that's the only place you're going to find our Friar side chats. Sure, when we do What's New and Mainline and you see those things here when you know on our streaming, whether it's on X slash Twitter or Doc, Doc's Twitch stream or over on our YouTube page, and sure, follow and subscribe there. You're, you're missing out though. You're not getting the full TLDR experience. Yeah, yeah. You want you, you need to go full tang and subscribe everywhere uh, you can. And we're not just the greatest podcast here in the stage, folk. I mean, mm. listen, internationally, we are we are internationally known. Many of our guests That's are international, yeah. right? Uh, so yeah, like, what the hell are you waiting for? So yeah, we just subscribe button. You know? We we do have a lot of friends across the pond now, and we do have quite a few listeners, at least in Germany, I think, is where we're... We're like Hasselhoff, they, huge in Germany. Yeah. The Hoff, baby. There you go. Uh, but yes, and if you do uh, find us on our one of our audio channels, please leave a five-star rating and review, or the highest rating that you can leave, please. Otherwise, you're going to learn the real meaning of Backcracker and probably fuck up Joe's weekend. Um, but <laughs> in all seriousness, yes, we had quite a few uh, Friar Shy chats recently. The, Infernal, the Infernals, that FOC has come in and gone um if you didn't order at your local comic book shop hopefully they ordered enough that you can go and pick up one of the first issues once you read it you're gonna want to add it to your pull list joe and i like had a great time talking with the guys and of course ryan parrot friend of the show we've had him on now three times so he's going for that scott snyder sean lewis uh that um status on this show but in general like i really enjoyed talking to a couple new creators that have worked with ryan getting a little understanding of of their process and Joe, the, the I know the art was you 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 were raving about that. We were talking about it. The story too, just in general, moves at such a great pace. Great tone setter for a first issue, um, and I, I can't wait for the second. There's so much to take in. Everything about that book was absolutely stellar. And again, I'm not just saying that because we had the guys on the show. I truly mean that that 
we were lucky. And I did not know this at the time, Nicholas. We did not know this at the time of the interview, or else I would have belabored the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that we were the first two people outside of the creative team and the publishers to have read that book. Yeah. Which, uh is a tremendous, like, that's a tremendous thing, if you ask me. Like, that is that is really that is really fucking cool. But I, I'm I'm not saying this because of because of all of that. This this truly is um a kick-ass comic. I mean, this is this is like some 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 indie indie book, you know, at its highest level. It really mm -hmm. is. This is this is why like you read indie comics because you get you get kick-ass stories like this and the art um it's tremendous everything about it is, is is absolutely tremendous so like yes the foc is coming gone you know if, if you haven't put on your pull list that's okay you know uh your shop should have it if not when you get there tell them you want it they should be able to order for order it for you unless you know it's completely sold out which could be the case um so make sure, you, you, make sure you get on your pull list for issues two and beyond and can get the first issue digitally if, if you need to but like this is if you're a comic book fan uh if you love grittier um and if you know if if you like hammers this is the book for you <laughs> you you listened to the chat and didn't pick up on that one then i don't know what to tell you it was it was pretty uh it was laid on pretty <laughs> thick um but uh Girthy, anyways, if you will yeah you could even say that um, I was trying to be a little more subtle, but anyways, uh, not uh, give the so, people what they want. <laughs> I mean, I Pearson is doing that for sure. Um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, that's, so that's our latest Friarside chat. You never know when the next Friarside chat is going to come up. So that is reason enough alone to make sure you subscribe to the audio channels. If you prefer looking at our beautiful faces week to week, make sure you have that as well. So that way you can catch those, those conversations. Cause that's some of the best stuff that we do as much as I am excited to do a mainline episode with you, Joe. But before we get to catching up, we got a little bit of news. I, we found out fairly recently that Jason Aaron is going to be writing the relaunch of TMNT over at IDW. And I believe we finally got the artist announced if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote these down so I wouldn't forget. So what, what Good man, so this is awesome. So, it looks like so because TMNT currently, I think, is at 147. Yep. I think they're going to kind of reboot it, start from issue one again, although they'll probably be like legacy issue one, whatever. Marvel does sure. that, right? Anyways, so the first arc, four issues, and you've got four different artists for each issue, right? You've got uh, Joel Jones, I believe, who is doing Ooh. the, the Raphael um, issue. Oh, wow. Um, and the cover for that's fantastic. That that drops in July. Then in August you have Raphael Albuquerque doing the Michelangelo. Issue. Wow, um, you've got in September um, Cliff Chiang doing the Leonardo issue, and then uh, in October you have Chris Burnham uh, doing the Donatello issue. Now, what I also read was that the second arc is gonna the the gonna predominantly just have one artist. Raphael Albuquerque. Wow. It's do right. So like holy shit, right? Two huge names taking over the turtles. Now we've had, you know, Parrot do the, you know, the turtle and and uh Mighty oh, Morphin Power crossover, right? We've had Tynan do some turtles, Batman crossover stuff, but like that team of one, you've got Jason Aaron, uh Jason Aaron, Eisner Award winner, Jason uh -huh. Aaron, 
right as the primary writer and then those very talented artists do each doing their sort of own issue for the first arc and then albuquerque just like taking over from there like this is huge and so i i i didn't see this coming and when the news dropped it was just like eyeball emojis you know out the ass so i can't i can't wait for this uh to drop and it'll be interesting to see too right because there's no mention of jenica right it's four issues four turtles mm. uh so it'll be interesting interesting to see if um uh, if if she will be incorporated at all if they'll just be like um okay <laughs> that, that didn't work we're just going to kind of forget like that happened so it'll, it'll just sort of be interesting to see if there's any change to the origin story at all or new 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 uh, characters introduced and all that so we will be on top of that and yeah. i can't wait to collect all those you know all those covers all those issues it's going to be fantastic yeah i'm all in on this too i've been wanting to to catch up on the current tmnt run but it's just like there's there's obviously a lot um i think i only have the first volume of it and i enjoyed it but it's just i i, I just couldn't i just with everything else that we're reading and then trying to catch up on i was it just couldn't pull the trigger but now with this i'm, I'm absolutely adding it to the mix how, how can you not um right. so it, it makes perfect sense when i saw that the, the they were like because before they announced aaron they announced that like this run was going to end at 150 and i was like oh oh okay what why what's going on and then and then it's like oh jason aaron's coming in and he's doing he's doing a whole relaunch of it okay awesome and then you get this 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 i didn't actually realize that was the 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 plan with the artists this is it's brilliant by them because it's not too long after tmnt mutant mayhem which did well um i you watched it right oh yeah, yeah. turtles are as popular yeah. you know now as they have been in a very long time yeah so it, it, that was i really had a fun time with that movie so it's like this is perfect timing um on, on idw's part so this is I, I could this is one of the things i'm most excited about in comics right now yeah yeah it's it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of an event that's for sure yeah and then speaking of things too that we're really excited about um so we have um i i know that john lease has got more sync content coming uh over on kickstarter so we're excited for that campaign to launch and then um if you guys have seen we retweeted another kickstarter campaign that uh it has to do with scott snyder presents um it's uh the cloakroom something that um you may or may not hear more about on here it's in the pre-launch phase right now but something very, very that i'm very excited about i'm excited to share with you guys about if you listen to change my mind as well you may have heard me mention this previously but just wanted to put it on your radar in case you don't listen to uh can't listen to that much of me because only my wife can do that, and even then, she kind of struggles. Yeah, oh, marriage on the rocks already, huh? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Nicholas! <laughs> Holy, not what I meant at all. I thought you were gonna say she's a saint for dealing with me. Well, was, she is, <laughs> but man, oh, geez, trouble in paradise. That's okay. That's not what I meant, but all right, fair enough. Anyways, moving on. Um, so uh, catching up, Joe, for me, real quick. Moon Knight. That's been. Uh, I, I'm almost done with the Jed McKay run. Like it's it's yeah, so wow. good. I, I I'm I'm probably gonna have to talk about it on the show. It's been that good. And then also uh, I've mentioned it before. I believe that I'm I'm reading Monstrous because I do want to talk about that in some capacity before that title returns in February. We'll see how things line up. Just because of you know this is our first mainline episode. It took us a couple weeks to get there, and who knows what the heck's coming up next on us. But what have you been catching up on? I've uh, caught up on Transformers. Wow. That nice. was uh, Transformers issue four, fantastic uh, yeah. issue. Uh, Ministry of Compliance uh, again. I believe I called dibs on that series. That w excellent, 
excellent sci-fi series there. Uh, and then Dare, uh, the fifth issue of Daredevil um, I caught up on. And then um, let's see, the last one, I caught, this one surprised me um, because, as we talked about, you, you mentioned this last week because I think you caught up on it last week. <clears throat> I certainly had my fair share of G.I. Joe's, and I watched the cartoon, but I was never, like, obsessed with G.I. Joe. Uh, familiar with them, but like as a kid, for me, it was Ninja Turtles and uh, you know, X Men and uh, you know, uh, things like that. But it was never really Transformers or GI Joe again. Mm-hmm. Watch the cartoons, anyways. <clears throat> so, Duke issue one, written by Joshua Williamson. Excuse me, got a frog in my throat. Oh boy, Look at yeah, that. yeah. And so, <laughs> I was more than pleasantly surprised uh by this book i fucking loved it like i read this and i go holy shit like i have certain expectations like i see like joshua williamson now like i have certain expectations for him as a writer and like so i see his name on a book i'm gonna read it and by and large my expectation is it's gonna be really fucking good and this was and again i'm not familiar with like uh, the names of all the characters of G.I. Joe, obviously, you know, Cobra Commander. And uh, the only reason why I know Sergeant Slaughter, right? Because, you know, wrestling and, and all of that. But, like, I couldn't, like, Duke, like, I wouldn't have known that that was a, that was a, um, a G.I. Joe name. But reading this book and reading that character and just the backstory you got with him and, and the crossover that's going on with Transformers, it was excellent. This was absolutely excellent. Again, being a non like major fan of GI Joe, being able to read this and just appreciate like it from a storytelling standpoint, like you, it, it didn't need the GI Joe. You could have taken that away from it completely and just if this was a book on its own, just called Duke, it would kick ass and be and, and be a really solid book to recommend. So, uh, if you're a GI Joe fan, I uh, definitely want to check this out. Um, I enjoyed it. If you, you probably can, hopefully you can still find it on the shelves. Grab it uh, before the next issue comes out. Um, but I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, I had a fun time with Duke too. I was, I was pleasantly surprised by that. I thought, like, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I might not give this. I'll leave it a look. But I, I just, again, GI Joe, even less so than Transformers for me. But yeah, yeah you're right. It was impressive. And then they have like a, a little tease for the Cobra Commander series too. Right, and it, which like, I picked up, but I haven't yeah. read yet. And that is like, that looked pretty good too. So yeah. uh, definitely pushing all the right buttons over there at Skybound when it comes to this uh, with the Transformers uh, G.I. Joe universe. I forget the, the name of it. But anyways, uh, let's move on to what we got hitting shelves this week, Joe. We'll start us off with Marvel, please. Okay. So we have X-Force 48, the Immortal Thor issue six, Gods issue four, Superior Spider-Man issue three, Spider-Woman issue three. Punisher issue three, uh, Spider-Man Miguel O'Hara, uh, Spider-Man 2099 issue four, uh, Daredevil Black Armor issue three, Thrawn Alliances issue one, read this, enjoyed it. It's This is just a comic form of the Timothy Zahn uh, book uh, that's been out for a while. So if you've read those books, comic, you're going to love it. Uh, Resurrection of Magneto issue one. Both, we both want to read this. Both didn't get a chance to read it yet, so hopefully we'll be mentioning this next week uh, when we've had a chance to read it. And then Power Pack Into the Storm, Issue 1. 
From DC, we got Green Arrow, Issue 8, The Flash, Issue 5, Harley Quinn, 36, Batman, Brave and the Bold, Issue 9, Titans, Beast World, Issue 5, The Penguin, Issue 6, Power Girl, Issue 5, Amazon's Attack, Issue 4, Titans, Beast World Tour, Star City, Issue 1, and then Detective Comics, 1081, which I know you continue to rave about. Uh, yeah, Detective Comics has been fantastic. This is the start of a new arc from Rom V. Um, Jason Sean Alexander is not the artist. I can't remember who the artist is. I mean, the art's great, but um, so I'm wondering if with that last arc was the end of Jason's run on um, on the on the book. I tried looking ahead the next few issues, didn't see his name on there, so that might mm. be the case. Uh, okay. but the art was still great, story was still great, um, in general. Uh, from Image Comics. Now, real quick. Now, Image and Skybound, right? Did we get a copy of Dracula issue four that I missed? I don't think so. I don't feel like we, I feel like we don't get that. No, we have because I've, I've read it digital. Anyways, we'll, we'll I'll get check to that in a second. But anyways, I only mentioned that because it's been a phenomenal fucking series. Yeah. Um. So from Image, we have Spawn issue three forty nine, a Tenement issue eight. This is, of course, uh, is Bone Orchard Mythos, the Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino. I would talk about this book in a little bit more detail, but I will be talking about it in a shit ton of detail when it is a mainline issue. That's how good this issue, this series has been. Um, the Holy Roller, issue three. Mm -hmm. Hexagon Bridge, issue five. Uh, Crave three was supposed to drop this week, but it looks like it's been pushed uh, to next week um, or the week after, I should say. Uh, the Schlub, Issue 6, and Junior Baker, Junior Baker, Junior Baker, Righteous Faker, Issue 5. And we each have, uh, well, there's two books from Image that we'd like to discuss real quickly. Yeah, I'll, I'll take us through uh, one first, but uh, we did not get a review copy of Dracula, by the way. And I do want to note, too, I have been reading Holy Roller, which is Remender Sandberg, and then I think it's the drummer from Follow Point. I'm blanking on his name, one of the, the musicians. And it's been like, it's been solid. It, ha it hasn't knocked my socks off necessarily, but um, it's been like, it's been, I would say, good. Um, but not, I don't know if it's TLDR worthy. Um, but either way, um, the, some books though that we, that we really did like. So first, uh, ghost machine, this is a one shot and this is for the new universe that's starting over at image comics. This is uh, created by Jason Fabuk, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, Jeff Johns, Lamont McGee, um, and then Francis Manipal. And then there's a few other names mixed in there too, but I could go on and on. Um, I, I got a chance to check out the first two stories in here um because this is a little sampler it's like 68 pages i believe it is there's like a table of contact contents in there and uh, we start off with geiger which you have read geiger so you know a little bit about this universe but this is everything else is starting from scratch we um so geiger seems really cool and something that i, I should check out um i know you've th talked about possibly doing that on the show in some capacity um red coat is uh, something that we're introduced here. This guy seems like a real, real piece of shit. And uh, I'm very interested in learning more about that character and uh, definitely plan on on reading that title. And uh, in, in the story of Redcoat seems to be like him and Geiger, there's some level of like connection. We get a timeline. It includes those two. And then Redcoat, there's like, he seems to be this like uh, eternal type character who's been around since the a little bit before the American Revolution took part in the American Revolution. You can guess what side he was on. 
And then there's, but there's other eternal individuals that he comes across in his time. One is the Northerner, um, and there's a few others that we meet there. So very interested in in the, in reading about the Redcoat. So we're gonna get more of that. There's obviously plenty of Geiger out there, and then we also uh, get a look at Rook Exodus, which is a title that uh, this one is by Johns and uh, Jason Fabok. And Fabok, you may recognize that name. He was the artist on Batman Three Jokers. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, of course. I, I, as soon as I saw the art, I don't, I'm like, I don't even need to see who's who's the artist. Here. I know exactly who it is. Um, and that would have really cool potential as well. Um, it seems like we're dealing with like another planet, um, a, a level of like high tech, but also primitive nature um, because we've got a lot of characters who have these like animalistic, but also kind of futuristic type masks. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm very much in on both of these. I kind of feel like I want to call dibs on both. Um, I but I want to give you a chance. Do you do you want like do you want to split them up? I haven't checked the other ones out yet. Do you want to split them up, or do you are you just well fine you, with your... you you got to them first, so you can you can call All dibs right. on those two, and Take then uh, I will um I will do my my best to to have this read. I won't read those two, um, right. but read the rest, and then well we can we can take it from there. Cool. Sounds good. All right. So I have Red Coat and I have Rook X Exodus. Um, all right. Awesome. And then also from Image this week, which you have already dubbed Book of the Week, Newburn issue 14 by friend of the show, Chip Zdarsky and Jake Phillips. Yeah. I mean, and I say that with, you know, there's a book from AWA that, that, that came out that was just as good. But like for me with Newburn, uh, issue 14 that's the book that that that, that we're talking about here <sighs> man like this was an issue that i'm surprised we haven't gotten yet but i'm glad we got it when we got it um because you know we we've been introduced to this character newburn and you know we we've had you know chip has alluded to and hinted to you know what it was in his past you know like something happened and that's why he's not a cop anymore and the reasoning why we get that uh, was it just it blew my fucking mind because if and any it could have been any number of directions Chip could have you know, taken like Newburn's sort of origin story from you know being a, a you know a, a detective in the in the police to now being a detective for the mob like how did he get from point A to point B and he could like literally he could have taken a thousand different directions but the direction that he chose. Um, and the, the, the gray area that he and, you know, uh, people in his life lived in for so long that just sort of led there. It was just, I hung on every fucking word on this issue, um, uh, panel to panel. It was just, it was excellent. And then yeah. the way, the way it ends, uh, everything about it, this was just, this was uh, this has been a, a tremendous series. We talk, I talk about this all the time, and I think it's absolutely nuts, absolutely crackers. That fourteen issues in, this is one of the best issues that we've gotten. Yeah, right? and that's on top of some already stellar issues. Uh, the whole series has been stellar. Like, read this series, people. Like, we can't like, we, you know, we, we can't scream it enough. Just how good this book is, and. Uh, I highly recommend going back into the archives and finding the chat we did with Chip regarding this series yeah. when it was kicking off. 
um, and getting getting caught up on it because it's just it's it's a, it's crime gritty like noir like everything about it it's just like it's it's at su- it's done at such a high level yeah um and just this issue in particular just really blew me away it's a great representation of why all the non big two publishers are are worth checking out uh their stories especially in, in, especially you know that's why we're talking about two later on in this but on the note of newburn like like you said joe the the origin of how he got to where he is didn't know where it was going to go other than like yeah, he was on the police force before. Um, th- but just like the, the layer that's added to him, like honestly, we didn't need it. Like we, we, we didn't like, this was an awesome series. I, I wanted to know it, but we didn't need it. And then we get it and it's unbelievable. It's like, it's it, you add, like for like on two levels when again, without getting into spoilers, but it's just, there's the other people that are involved in that origin that make it wild. And then, what, what like the actions that Newburn carries out are are like, holy shit like I just yeah. didn't ex- that part especially I didn't expect so yeah hundred percent it's it's awesome like it's like Newburn issue fourteen and honestly now nah, I feel like you'd have to have I almost said like you have haven't don't have to have read the other stuff to continue to read this one but just to start from issue one with Newburn just yeah it, yeah it amazing. doesn't make doesn't make sense to pick up and start at issue no. fourteen yeah because the because um, there's stuff that that's in the present too that like it would be yeah no confused. just 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 go fucking read it that's all yeah. I can say what are you waiting for why are you listening to us right now go buy it um then from Skybound of course under image uh Joe Dracula issue four which of course uh, James Titan you've been loving that series still right. Oh yeah, excellent, excellent, and I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't know why they stop. Like, they didn't say. Like, they do this all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, yeah, so fucking good, so fucking good. From Boom, we got a lot that you and I are reading. Uh, we got Zawa, The Bell of the Beast, issue three, Lotus Land, issue three, which I didn't get a chance to check out yet. Mechadex, issue five. Dune, House of Harkonnen, issue twelve, which you're reading. That's the final issue of that Dune story over at Boom. Then we got Slow Burn issue four, which you have stuck with. And then I got two titles that I wanted to touch upon. Um, first, uh, we mentioned finales. Damn them all, issue 12, Cy Spurrier, Charlie Adlard. We talked with Cy a little bit about this during our Constantine chat with him, but didn't get into crazy ton of details. Um, but this is, for from an artistic standpoint, so this is Charlie Adlard, Daniel Silva, and Sophie Dodgson, the latter two being uh, the colorist here. Great visual end for for them they've been doing an outstanding job in the series and they've been taking some really big swings but they really landed the plane well and just like it was very consistent and also very like like uh, there's a lot going on issue to issue and they really did a good job um handling all of that when it comes to the writing of this it was a great end but what really stuck with me and i'm and I thought, like, as I was like, kind of, like, just taking stock of like, okay, what do I want to talk about um, when it comes to damn them all. The there's you have like, okay, this is the end of this story. But on top of that, we get like this commentary that that comes with the, like bringing the final pieces together, and it's like you like what's being said directly being said. Like, yeah, sure, you're gonna sit and think about that. But then there's also like. Stuff, stuff that's being said indirectly by Sai that I find really interesting as like another layer to the commentary that that's being made here. So it's it's a, it's a little uh, little heady, but in a good way where it's really going to stick with me. And um, again, it's the finale, but you know 
does he come back to this world at some point? Maybe. I don't know. I, I would love to see that. Um, but, you know, a, a series that I've really been enjoying from start to finish. I've talked about it on the show in detail before. So if you like Sai, if you like what he's done on Constantine, again, Ellie is not Constantine, but uh, they have they have similarities for sure. Um, if you like what he's done with Constantine, which seems like a lot of people do, worth checking out that series if you haven't already. Sweet. Then, we move over to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 116, also from Boom. Of course, written by a friend of the show, Melissa Flores. Uh, I I saw the cover for this, and I, she's been killing it with the Darkest Hour event that she's been doing. But I see Draken on the cover. And we've been getting more Draken, but you know, that's my guy. That is the evil alternate universe version of uh, Tommy Oliver, where he has the White Ranger and Green Ranger powers. Kyle Higgins created him during the Shattered Grid event uh, a little while back. And then, of course, Ryan Parrott came up with the Ranger Slayer, who's basically an evil mind, uh, uh, brainwashed Kimberly. Um, and th- we have a lot of these two characters in this issue. And I love the direction that that gets taken in. Um, there's there's other moving pieces in this as well. But like the developments that happen in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 116 provide a lot of potential for some cool things to happen with a character that... I've I felt has had and I don't I don't think I'm alone in this has had endless potential since they first burst on the Power Rangers scene. So uh, definitely an issue that that uh, I, I I was really excited for. Absolutely delivered. If you haven't been reading the Darkest Hour event and you like Power Rangers, I mean you, you're gonna want to get on this. It's been some awesome stuff uh, from Melissa Flores and the uh, the different artists that she's been working with. But uh, that is it for Boom. Okay, so let's see. I'm gonna run through some of these here because we want to we want to get to the main uh main main stuff here, Nicholas. That'd be good. Uh, from Dark Horse, we have Star Wars: uh, The High <laughs> Republic Adventures, Issue Two, Cyberpunk 2077: Hugs and Kisses, Issue Four. Uh, we have Cyberpunk 2077, Issue One. From IDW, we have TMNT Issue 147. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Fortune Finder, Issue 3. Star Trek Defiant, Annual, Issue 1. Dungeons and Dragons, Saturday Morning Adventures, Issue 1. From uh, Vault, we have Nightfall, Double Feature, Issue 4, which I believe is the end of that little run there. Uh, From Titan, we have Blade Runner, 2039, Issue 9. And Star Trek Explorer, Issue 10. Um, And then... I'll do dynamite here, and then you can you can you can bring us home there, Nicholas. Cool. We have Red Sonia issue seven by Dan Pinocchio. This has been an absolutely epic series so far. Love it. Uh, Gargoyles, uh, Dark Ages issue five, Disney villains Hades issue five, Starfinder, Angels of the Drift issue five, and Justice Ducks issue one. Justice Ducks, of course. Back, um, back, back. From Mad Cave, we've got Skeeters issue two. A Legacy of Violence, Issue 9. From Ahoy, we have Project Cryptid, which Joe has really been enjoying that series and has dibs on right now. From Scout... I never called got- dibs. I just said I've been reading it. Never called dibs. Oh. I Well, you were raving about it, so I'm... I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Anyways. Sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to misrepresent you. From Scout, we got Banshees, Issue 5. Tales from the Grave, Issue 1. Midnight Western Theater, Witch Trial, Issue 5. Charm City, Issue 3. A Haunting on Mars issue two, Death Drop Drag Assassin issue three, Blade in the Dark issue four, 
Tracovi issue five, Omega Gang issue three, The Veil issue one, and Side Quest issue five. Now we with with the publishers that we don't deal with, we get it from uh, League of Comic Geeks. That is a lot for a scout, and they that so that seems off. Very very skeptical, but it is what it is so far. So take yes. that with a grain of salt, folks. Yes, but what we do know, or where we're gonna wrap things for what's new, is from AWA Studios. We got Rumpus Room. Issue five, the finale of this. I, I mean, if it doesn't win an Eisner, Joe, I'm gonna be stunned. Yeah, this is <laughs> man. We we we've um and unfortunately this won't be a mainline because you know when we had Mark Russell on, we both read the book. We've we've been reading it month to month and just been telling you how, how excellent it is. This was this was a great final issue. I had no idea, like that was the best thing about the series, is you had no idea. How it was going to come to the come to an end? The reveal that we got at the end of issue four, like that, just like holy smokes, that was a bit of a jaw dropping moment. And yeah. then, like, you just had no idea. And the way that it wraps up was so epic and satisfying. And there's one thing I want to point out: it's 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 not very spoilery, and I can't remember who he had on because I was trying to remember. Did I mention this to Mark Russell? And did he steal my idea? But it wasn't it wasn't Mark. It was it was someone else. I can't. I'm trying to remember who we were talking to. Uh, when I so we were talking about like we just sort of like, you know, it was it wasn't you know when we were live in the chat, but it was like either pre or post. But I mentioned like I had this idea of like, you know, telling a story about the guy who develops like the layers for superheroes and villains, and like how do they live in a world of autonomy because they obviously know. <laughs> Like these mm. hidden layers, like, yeah. like who do they call up? Right. You can't just, you know, call up your local construction company. Like, Hey, listen, cause you have to kill them. Right. You have to kill them afterwards. Yeah. Right. You know, and if you're a superhero, what do you do then? Right. Cause you can't have people running around just like knowing like where your fortress of solitude is and how to get in it and like know all its weaknesses and all that. Right. So like we have a scenario like that in this issue and i read that and i just said oh that's fantastic i i absolutely love that and so this was a very fun issue uh and i think ever since it debuted the uncircumcised penis statue has uh just lived in every issue since which has been fantastic uh so great series so fun so satisfying uh, i'm sad that it's over but it was absolutely excellent yeah, excellent series from start to finish. Like, if people who who decided to trade weight, you're gonna fly through this thing. Um, for me, the best part was, you know, you brought up like the twist that we get in the um, the fourth issue of this series, the penultimate issue. They they the way they tied that up was perfect and it added like, it, it, well, you know, Russell's the one writing it, but he gave himself an element to um, this 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 element allowed him to take the social commentary that he'd already been making throughout the course of the series and then examine the same matter, but from a slightly different angle. Um, and uh, you guys will see what you mean when you read it, but it's just, yeah, great way to land the plane. Um, rumpus room, outstanding series. I mean, if it's not, it's gotta be up for an ice, I would think. Um, yeah. Fantastic so, stuff. Awesome stuff. All right, Joe, it is time to do that thing that we do once every few times in a year and do a main line. I'll tell you what, we we talk tell me, about tell me what tell me talk, what we talk about how we want mainlines not to get fucked around by events all the time, but we are the worst about it ourselves. We never do mainline stuff. We're yeah, 
specials that we're doing. But I not know. today, folks. Not today. Joe, what do you got for me? Uh, so you know the drill by now. If you're if you're new to the program, then you don't know by now. Uh, but whatever fun. publisher uh, we end with is a publisher that I will be starting off with. And uh, end of the year, 2023, talking in AWA books. So it's only fitting that I start the new year, 2024, talking in AWA book. And this is a book that I had to talk about on the show as soon as possible because you need to read it, Nicholas. The people need to know more about it. And that is The Madness. This is written by J. Michael Straczynski uh, with artists ACO on pencils and David Lorenzo on inks with colors by Marcelo uh, Maiolo. I apologize if I butchered that uh, with letters by Cel uh, Cipriano. Synopsis, Nicholas, in the madness. Now, I cut this synopsis down because I didn't want it to um, uh, give away what I wanted to talk about. Um, In the madness, Sarah Ross has been using her powers as a thief, stealing from the rich and, well, keeping it until the day she stole from the wrong person, a highly placed official who pursues the government to assassinate her. The plot, aided by the so-called good superhero sponsored by the government, misses her but wipes out her family, driven mad by grief and a laser-focused on revenge for the murder of her family. To say this is a revenge story, Nicholas, would be an understatement. <laughs> uh, this was a six-issue um, arc uh, story from AWA, who's typically it's four or five issues, so having that extra issue was very nice. Um, this ran from August 2023 to January 2024. Um, and according to League of Comic Geeks, the trade paperback should be dropping in April. Uh, but we will definitely let you know uh, when that trade uh, is officially dropping so we can have a specific date for you because if you haven't read this series, you're going to want to pick that up and read it because this, I mean, this was my winner of the Once and Future Floppy for Best New Series of 2023, and I gave it that award without having read the finale yet because it was that damn uh, good. So. You know, if I've if I've said it once, Nicholas, I've said it a thousand times. In 2023, AWA did not have a single title that was a dud, that was meh, that was eh, whatever. They all hit. They all hit. And we've enjoyed every single one of them. And for when I read this first issue, I said, this is my favorite first issue of any book that they've put out this that year. And, and I meant it. Uh, because there was something about it that hit me um, from a, a you know comic reader right you know perspective that 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 hit me from a, from a family man that that it, it just it was it was emotional right my, J Michael Straczynski you know has has written some awesome books for AWA whether it's the main resistance title that he wrote which was again this creation of sort of a modern day you know, uh, you know, superhero uh, world. Um, and then he wrote The Moth, which is within that same universe, but was like, it was the emotional core of everything that the Resistance universe is. Right. Um, and then, you know, this, which isn't a Resistance book, um, but it's just, it, it is so well written. It is so well paced and just everything about it. Um, 
it was again you hang on every word right you you want to see this woman exact revenge right like just like you wanted john wick right to to exact revenge at the same vein right john wick's kill count may have been higher but sarah from the madness uh her kill count was was it was just more it was more brutal and vicious and, and devastating um and it was it was a pure joy every single death right while there may have been fewer of them was was pure joy <laughs> <laughs> and when i was reading this now i've there's lots of characters that's that's the thing about great writing right when you have good guys and bad guys right the good guys you, you or, or you know the, the the protagonists you really you really want to see them succeed whether they're down and out you want to see them rise or they're just they're fighting up against an evil so strong that you know you want to see the good guys win or if someone's writing an antagonist you want to loathe them and and detest them like 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 you really 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 want to hate them like it, it like it, it 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 brings on like it it translates to like real life like i can hate this person but they're not real it's a comic right it's it's a man it's a fictional character um and and with sarah i've never rooted for someone so much as i did for her in this series you just yes kill them all i want to see how you do it and i can't wait to see you get the, you get the very last one um so what what what's great about this story too is that you you have this this main character she's a super her name's sarah um and what you learn from the first issue is that you know she has all these superpowers at her fingertips but she um can only use one at a time and you don't know exactly why that is uh until you get a little bit further in and the explanation for that why i again was excellent i didn't need to like like we said with newburn right i didn't need to know the why in this like thing like it's sort of like erratic right that character uh can only use their superpowers for like 15 minutes like just knowing that premise like i don't need to know why that is i just boom i can run with it and go with it mm -hmm. the fact that this character can only use one superpower at a time like i didn't need to know why uh i love the premise because i think it's a, it's a it's a cool idea like you got to like choose okay if i if i need to be able to fly and escape then maybe i don't have super strength right maybe i'm not invulnerable right maybe i'm not yeah i have weaknesses to x y and z right so like there's a strategic thing at play there which i like it's a different wrinkle than just having like a character like superman who can do everything and 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 other than you know a green rock they're you know uh you know they're, they're invincible <laughs> so i thought that was that was a really cool um premise um and so what what's also great about the character too is like again the other premise is that like as the synopsis implied right like she has these superpowers she robs from the rich and gives to herself and okay cool it's like a, a selfish robin hood i love it um but like what what's described is that you know she does job after job after job and lives lives a fine life but like she sort of reached this point, like, I I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. So I'm going to do one last job, one last gig that will, like, set me up for life. I can change my, you know, my identity, you know, and just, like, you know, live, a, you know, the life that I want and don't have to worry about stealing anymore, any of that stuff. And, again, I like, okay, cool, cool premise. We're getting there, except she chose the wrong person to steal from. She stole 
a shit ton um, from a crown prince. <laughs> and that crown prince wants revenge. And so they kind of find out like who this person is, but like they can't just like come into our country and kill someone. Right. So the, pretty much uses that as leverage goes to the president and says, listen, right. If you want to keep us as an ally, you've got to take care of this. I don't give a shit about the money, whatever that's gone. I'll never see it again that I want her dead. Right. And oh. so like, okay, one person versus whatever. So this idea that he sort of outsources this to the Justice Council, right, which would be the equivalent of the Justice League. Imagine, like, the president going to the Justice League of America, like, Batman, I need you to kill someone. Like, oh, okay. All right. It's for the greater good of this country? Yeah, okay. We'll do it, right? Um, and All right. So what they do is uh, they they develop this, you know, they take this bomb. They find out that, you know, she's going to be in this remote cabin. Um, where she is awaiting to sign documents to change her identity. So they figure this is the perfect place. A, ca- a secluded cabin out in the woods should be two lives lost max. Uh, and we'll be good. We'll be done with it. Um, but unbeknownst to her, her uh, boyfriend uh, and his two kids show up uh, to surprise her. And uh, of course he knows, he knows what's going on. He's, he, you know, he, he knows, he knows they're, they're ready to, you know, and he's about to propose to her when all of a sudden, kablooey. Oh, damn. And this is this is where, like, I was I was already in. I was already invested. But this moment that happens probably about two-thirds of the way uh, through the first issue, that, that was what got me. That's what said, fuck. That's why this is my, this is why, like, that was the moment where I said, this is my favorite first issue because it had everything I wanted. It had great storytelling, it had a great plot. Uh, the pacing was great. The art was fantastic. But that, that bit of emotion that you get, you know, from ACOs, from, from, from the, just the artists in general, you know, the, 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 uh, the emotion that they evoke from her facial expressions, her eyes, you know, you could feel it. You, it was very palpable. The hatred, the sadness, um, the revenge, right? <laughs> that that you that 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 you knew was coming. And so, like all of that just came together. And then what systematically happens in every issue that follows is just, you know, it is just a textbook. She's playing chess while everyone else is playing Uno kind of thing. <laughs> and, and and the way that she goes about like tracking everyone down and that's involved she's gonna get every last person that was involved and the way that that goes about the way that it comes to an end like was sheer brilliance and then like along the way we we learn about more about sarah and why like i said like why she only can use one power at a time but there's almost a duality to her Right when she was, we learned that when she was a kid, she had this imaginary friend named Raven. Um, and if someone was mean to Sarah, Raven, you know, would, you know, would deal with it. And so, getting that backstory of when she was a kid, something happens, she suppresses that. Something happens later on that brings her back out, and then from there, like the, they're, they're like two peas in a pod, or as Violet once said to me, two corns on a cob which I thought was the most adorable thing ever. I like that uh, better. Right. 
but like just like her backstory and about her powers and her duality um and what the madness really is right because the, the the madness can have many different meanings uh, and interpretations in the story which i thought was excellent it's just so good this is again just an excellent series you know start to finish and you know like like i mentioned the art really makes you feel everything j michael straczynski's writing you know makes you feel everything um it's satisfying it's paced perfectly uh it's just all around an excellent excellent story man uh, my my biggest question is after all this like you've i don't know if you've ever spoken more highly of an awa book is this on your mount i don't know if you ever heard of the idea of a mount rushmore joe um, it's an but, old, old wooden ship, right? Yeah, exactly. Is yeah. this a Mount Rushmore AWA book for you? Well, it would highly, highly be under consideration. I'd have that's a tough question to think of on the spot because I've read a lot and I'd have to go through and write them all down and think about it. But it's definitely, it's definitely up there, you know, for sure. And the other thing I wanted to mention too was like we talk about all the time, like Mike Diodato's art is very cinematic, right? Well, ACO. Um, uh, is it uh, sorry, David uh, Lorenzo and, and Marcelo uh, Maiello, right? Their art is vicious, um, but it is it is out, it's also epic, and it's it's um, there's just something like there's something cinematic about it in a, in a different way, like because mm. Diodato's, like when when you when you look at it, it's almost like a flip book, you could flip it and we'd be like, yeah. Right. This is sort of like cinematic, like you think of like on the scale of just like big budget action movie, just kind of thing with like the action scenes that you get. They 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 did a really good job at at drawing out the action scenes um in this story. It's yeah, full throttle. These cover some of these covers that we're seeing too, man. They like, like yeah. the one that you did that uh that you you took for this episode, like really, really cool stuff. Like yeah. I, I'm I'm very uh this i i respect your um your respect for the process and not just saying oh willy-nilly this is definitely on your mount rushmore of awa books but hearing you talk about it i'd kind of be stunned if that you didn't come to that conclusion if you were to go and try and break it down and consider it but that's a conversation for another day this sounds fucking awesome uh sounds like it has a movie written all over it oh yeah you know awa doing more of that stuff hopefully this uh this is one of those that gets turned into that great yeah. stuff though joe yeah 100 hopefully that'd be great great stuff uh, all right for me i am talking about a dark horse book this week one that i've been waiting to talk about a while because it's also been available on comiXology we were waiting on the finale for this for a little bit canary this is by scott snyder dan panosian and letters by richard starkings uh this was one of the scott tober books one of the ones that i called dibs on and actually if i'm not mistaken this was taken fourth overall in the draft maybe fifth um because there's also the book of evil which i was particularly interested in um i haven't finished that but that was uh i don't think it is finished either way um that was also outstanding but canary um this uh, friggin' amazing and i've been dying to talk about this for a while now this is six issues it's all available on kindle right now uh the print run is coming out through dark horse uh for the synopsis during the final days of the gold rush, one mining company in Colorado pulled up a pulled up radioactive uranium, and then the mine collapsed in on itself. Legends sprung up about the mine being cursed or even haunted, 
Now the frontier is closed. The gold and silver mines have dried up. The country is becoming civilized, quote unquote, civilized. And yet in one stretch of the Rocky Mountains, a terrifying new kind of violence is suddenly emerging. Random killings, people going mad and murdering neighbors, classmates without real cause. When a schoolboy kills his teacher with a hatchet, a famous federal marshal named Azrael William Holt is called in to investigate the killing. I mean, if you're not sold on that, then I don't, I don't, I mean, I feel like I can just end my whole bit there. Like case closed. Like this, it's, it's like it, that's it and more. And it lives up to like everything that you would think Scott Snyder and Dan Panosian would do together. You get that in Canary. This might be, no, this is my favorite Scott Tober book that we've gotten. Oh, thousand percent. Yes. Of, yeah. of the ones that I've read from start to finish. And that's only four of them so far, but absolutely love this thing. Um, when it was coming out in digital, like I was like, it was the first thing I'm reading week to week. Um, so the, the main characters, obviously, uh, we mentioned, uh, Marshall Azrael William Holt. So he is a lawman. He is like, this is set in 1891. So it was law everywhere. It's a little, it's a little, uh, there's a lot going on, a lot that you don't necessarily know, but he's trying to cover a lot of territory, but he's kind of coming to the end of his career. He, he's not old, but he's like, he's definitely like ready to like, I, I've seen enough. Like he's, he's seen some shit to the point that this man is not just this like well-respected lawman who's taken on some big crimes. He's also turned into a dime novel hero, um, which is something that we've seen Scott do before with, um, with American vampire. We see some dime novel stuff there early on. Um, but like, so we get that character and I I'll talk about him a little bit more later. We also um, get Dr. Edison Edwards, which so is Dr. Ed, Ed, uh, who we actually meet in the second issue, but he, where we talk about this, um, this mine that they're trying to figure out what's going on. He's the doctor that, you know, comes and helps and studies the geology. And um, it's funny. I, the, where with, with William Holt uh, or Azrael, William Holt, excuse me, where I looked at him and didn't think, you know, there was any kind of likeness there. When I looked at um, Dr. Edison Edwards, it did kind of scream Anthony Mackie to me, which is interesting. Um, then we have Hiram Tell. Now, there are a few other players who are, are, are involved in this, but I don't want to get into too many of them just because spoiling things and so on and so forth. But Hiram Tell is the villain that Marshall Holt took down in his past. And it, we find out in the first issue, there was a lot to this character that people were not aware of. And he's, but he's still like the most known adversary of Marshall Holt. Um, and it seems like that character is still haunting Holt in some capacity. Um, and as the story goes along, not the first issue, but the story in general goes along, you learn why. And I'm just thinking about it now. It's like, it is, it's chilling. Like it's like, it's like, Holt has seen some shit, stuff you would not believe, and more, uh, quite honestly. And then shit goes completely sideways in his return to Canary, which is where this this mine is in the um, in, in Colorado, which I believe we're starting. We, the things start in the Utah Territory. That's the first page that you see, and it's honestly it was just a splash. And it, like you know, you think of like introductory slash page splash pages. You know, I think of Saga. That's like who does like I know other people do, it, but Saga does it more than anybody. And they, they usually it's a character that you meet and it's like, all right, this is where we're going to start. This is who we're going to focus on and whatever. Right. The first page of Canary 
is just is a yellow sky, which you know for for a western totally fits. It is uh you know it reads Utah territory nineteen even eighteen ninety one across the top in uh, black lettering, and then you have a cactus and some brush, and that is it. And I'll tell you what, it was a perfect tone setter, an amazing decision by Dampanosian. It's just simple thing, but I as soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay, like. I get what we're going for. Like if you, like Dan's art style is perfect for westerns. Like it, I I need more westerns by Dan Panosian, like where, where he is the artist on this. For the love of God, I, 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 whether he's writing or not, I like I need him to just draw more. And obviously, he does his own colors. So like he has, um, he's able to complement his you know his own line work perfectly and highlight everything everything across the story. And this is not just a western, but it's also a horror. It's, and you see that you see that in the first issue. I mean, hearing about these random killings and everything, it's pretty vicious. I mean, it's very vicious, this whole story. But just on the Western aspect alone, I absolutely love that about Dan. Dan, like it just fits so well. And I as I even when I just look at look back at this this the splash page that I have in front of me, I'm like, I, I could just hang out in this world. Like I could I could spend more time reading. Dan Panosian drawing stories, whoever the writer is, drawing stories that are set in the Old West. It's just stuff. His style is perfect for that. Yeah, yeah. If you don't follow us on Instagram, please do. Uh, and I only say that because you know, for those watching, we'll know what I'm talking about. But uh, definitely go and check us out on Instagram because I always put like cover art, you know, from the books that we talk about in the mainline. But that that cover that's behind you, Nicholas, that's yeah, you there with the gun and the six shooter and then just the blood sort of running down the palm of the hand with that yellow background that yep. sort of you described in that, in that splash page there. It is so fucking good. Yeah. Like you almost know exactly what you're getting just from that image. And I can't remember what the, what issue that cover is on. Uh, it might be three or four, but anyways, um, it is, I can't wait to read this because I love Dan's art. And I, this is one that I've been dying to read, and it's unfortunately just it's just taken a while for it all to kind of you yes. know come out. Um, but like the, that's the thing. That, that's the other thing. It's why I love like the the Enfield Gang and that Texas blood. We don't get a ton of Western comics, and I never would like have ever thought I'd be like into that. Like westerns were never really my thing. It was, but like reading those books, like there's something about like I think they translate really well. To, to to comics and especially if you put a horror element into it like forget about it you have the right artist on a western story it's gonna blow you away and dad absolutely nails it yeah i mean and then we're talking about like the, the uh, like the yellow background that you see on the cover if you're watching us on the stream or if you check out our instagram or that I, I, i'm mentioning when you open that first page but like we see like i go to like i think it's page three or four um maybe a little bit later but it's like we're seeing like the the orange is kind of thrown into the mix but then also like cool blues that work it's just it's outstanding stuff and i, I agree with you like I, I with westerns in general like I, I i like them but like i've never thought like oh yeah i have to like they they move at a slow pace and like unless i'm an, like invested right away it's sometimes it can be harder to get into that stuff now there are plenty of awesome westerns don't get me wrong obviously mando is a, like a sci-fi western so like that's a cool one but what's also important is speaking of mando is like you have this cool character who's at the center of it. And like, it, and Marshall Holt is a friggin' badass, And he has this bandana mask that has like this cool design. That's a, his, his mask 
is black with a white coffin. And it's like, this shit's fucking badass, dude. Like, you see, you see that? I'm terrified, man. That's the guy that's coming after you. Um, so like the design on the character, by and large, is like isn't like crazy like revolutionary or anything. He does have a um an interesting hat style, a little bit like a, of a taller style, but that that bandana is really what separates him um and what like make like the distinct thing that he has. And then when it comes and we're saying all this without talking about any of Scott's writing, too. Um, obviously he does a great job of developing characters, but for me, I think Holt is my favorite character from the Scott Tober books. I think he, I don't, that doesn't necessarily mean he is the most fleshed out, but he also shouldn't be because it's a Western and because he's a lawman and all the, and he's, he's seen a lot of shit and blah, blah, blah. But like he is developed exactly how you would expect this type of character to be like, he's, he's familiar, but he's also mysterious. Like he's the perfect blend of those two um I, I would love more marshall holt stories um even in the past it would be really cool if we got some of that with that character um and i'm talking so much about this main character like and that's why i'm invested like a hundred percent like first issue you spend a ton of time fleshing him out building this lore around him but all the while like you're also talking about some pretty freaking crazy shit even in the first few pages of when it comes to the plot i mean i mentioned those those crazy acts of violence we don't see we see the aftermath of one but we don't see a lot of the other ones but like they're described perfectly it's like i, I know there's this thing like you know show don't tell but Scott like mentions this one, that one, this one, that one. And it's like, it's over a phone call. So it kind of makes sense to do it. And it's like, oh my God, like what this is, what is happening right now? And it all it ties in to Holt and his past and what he has to deal with now in his future. And then that kind of th those, that takes over a little bit more than, than the character driven stuff. But like Holt is not lost. He's not in the background or anything like that. It's just, he's dealing with this situation now we're alongside him and we know what he's all about so you have an amazing character that you can invest in some other interesting characters thrown in the mix too um and then just a, a killer plot and it's i mean it turns into a western horror pretty freaking fast uh so yeah I, I i i'm sorry you've had to wait so long but we've been waiting for this to wrap up that's the only thing that's been holding this up this was top on my list for like mainline episodes canary is outstanding yeah, I don't even want to do this for a while. And this sort of gets to what I was talking about, the madness, too. Like, you're invested in the character. The rest of it, you know, is is fantastic as well. But when you have that character that pulls you in, that you, you either, you're either rooting for or you absolutely, like, detest, that's what it's all about. Because we're talking about fictional characters here. But if it can evoke something in you where you're just like you know in real life it's it's making you feel this or that the writers done their job right and that's what makes great characters and great stories like that that's what draws us to that and that's why we want to talk about it and share it with everyone like you should read this it's 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 that damn good and i reread this because of how long it had been since issue one to issue six um, you also, a little peek behind the curtain, also reread The Madness. But I'll tell you what, I know you loved rereading it, and I absolutely loved rereading Canary again, too. Yeah. Like, I did it because I, I kind of needed to, but at the same time, I was like, this is this, yeah. this holds up just as much as it did before. Yeah, yeah, my series just wrapped up. And right. I still wanted to go back and reread it again because yeah, I wanted to reread it. it, it, it like it's, I've talked about before, there's a difference between reading something month to month and loving it and enjoying it, and then there's the ability to sort of read it all at once. 
uh, and it, and it, it changes that you pick up on things, obviously reading something, you know, for, you know, a second, third time, whatever, but like just having that ability to read it all at once, I think it just adds, you know, to some, to some books, it just adds to it. And so uh, that's why you definitely don't want to pick up the trade for this shout. Yep. hundred percent. All right. That is it. We, uh, we made it through another mainland Joe and who knows, maybe we'll have one next week. I don't know, but make sure you subscribe to our audio channels. That way, whatever we're doing, you are not going to miss it, but you should still follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, because if you like watching, you can do that as well. Um, you can t- Like we are taking in uh, Canary or the Madness month to month or all at once, you can do the same thing with us week to week, visually and auditorially. You're welcome. Um, is auditorially a word? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. I, I believe it is. We'll find out. You know, we'll find out next week. Until then, Joe, stay sexy. Yeah, you know it. Auditorily. I like Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're done.